All right, thanks for checking out this episode of the Thunder Underground Podcast. My name's Trent. My name's Jason. And we've got an episode for you this week that is going to feature an interview with John Oliveris, the one of the guitarists for Sons of Texas. Uh, yes, uh, we had a good chat with them, and they put on a great show. Uh, and we're we'll get into all that. Yeah, before we do, we would like to play you a track from a band that caught our attention about a week a week or so ago. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, called Hypnostic, and they're out of Orange County. And they've got a cover of uh, Ain't No Sunshine, which if you're a human being on this planet and you have ears, you've likely heard this song. There's no way you have not heard this song. But this is, of course, a a different take on it because, you know, we're hard rock metal podcasts. Of course, this is a hard rock band and it's a pretty cool version, I think. So take in a listen to this and let us know what you think. And we'll be back in a few minutes.
sunshine when she's gone Once again, that was Hypnostic with their cover of Ain't No Sunshine. You can check them out online at uh, www.hypnostic.com or on Facebook. Just search for Hypnostic, H-I-P-N-O-S-T-I-C. And that's pretty pretty good stuff, don't you think? Uh, yeah, yeah, I like it. Like, you know, um, good, good uh, clean, polished, heavy sound. Uh, you know, it was uh, really uh, nice on the ears. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, check them out. Yeah, yeah. Look into that stuff and and shoot them a a like and then shoot us a text or an email and let us know or a message. I mean, and let us know what you think. A text. Yeah. They, these people have our phone numbers. Well, they have yours. Uh, I mean, that's on the website. Yeah, in the bathroom wall. But anyways, yeah. well, the the point of this uh, podcast or the theme would be Sons of Texas. Yes, as we mentioned at the beginning, and as you noticed when you clicked on it, because we did an interview with John. John Oliveris, one of the two guitarists for Sons of Texas. And we met with them before their show when they're opening up for Buck Cherry. And I'd like to point out that it was uh, it was outside and we met over by the buses. And, you know, there was some wind blowing through there and I didn't have a windscreen on my mic. So there's some points where it's kind of, kind of loud and rumbly, but you can always hear the audio. So just kind of bear with that and make it through there it's a he says some good things so i think it's it'll be worth your time yeah and you know we we just uh we were hanging out by the buses so that's how we roll around <laughs> here at the thunder underground so right just you know bear with us yeah well talking about sons of texas if you're if you're not familiar with them um you should definitely check these guys out their first album came out in march We've both been big fans of this since it came out. Oh yeah, the minute it came out, it just it struck a chord with, you know, the kind of what we talked about in the you know the interview. It just it brings together you know hard rock, melodic hard rock, and metal together just great without without sounding forced or stupid. I mean, it's just uh, this is an insane album. Great, great record. Yeah, great from. From beginning to end, you could listen to it over and over and never get tired of it. Yeah, you don't have to skip around. Yeah, and it's it's got a lot of, uh, like the very first track, Never Bury the Hatchets, you know, real metal in your face, you know, has that, you know, he mentions Pantera, you know, they kind of wear those influences on their sleeve and mm-hmm. it's it kicks off. And so if you're a fan of, you know, really heavy hard rock or groove metal or even thrash metal, I mean, mm-hmm. it's got all the elements uh, yeah, throughout. Yeah, and even baptizing real grand, you know, more melodic kind of, uh, you know, not really a ballad, but it's more, 
you know, it's more radio friendly than the other ones, but it's got a great kind of soul soulness to his voice and where, you know, throughout the whole album is there and even like September and some other tracks. Yeah. Like I, like I said, you know, you can go from the September to a song like, you know, or, you know, bury the hatchet and it, but it all still sounds like them. Uh, powerful vocals. I think that's one of their, uh, you know, that's one of their uh, secret weapons, you know? Yeah, and we mentioned them on our Best of 2015 So Far episode where we talked about what we thought was the best at the halfway point, and pretty sure this will be on our best of the full year. It will be on mine for yeah. sure. Yeah, for definitely. Sure. Yeah, this is the top album of the year, no doubt. And um, they're they're great live. We had caught them at Rocklahoma, and there's, what, 50, 75 bands at Rocklahoma? maybe more and they were definitely they were like in the top five yeah. in my opinion on what i saw yeah and they were the first band to hit the stage right at three yeah. three o'clock on friday afternoon yeah and, and people are just you know milling around filling in getting there and there wasn't a lot of people up front yet uh when they first started and didn't matter to them they they played a show like there was twenty thousand people out there uh they they, they killed it but yeah these guys are real good about you know, interacting with fans on Facebook and Twitter and, you know, people, people really dig that. And we kind of talk about that. He's a, uh, you know, he said that they, they try to meet people and they've made a lot of friends along the way and they, yeah. you know, they interact with people where they go. And like when we saw him the other night, at least three or four times during the 30 minutes they were up there, the singer mentioned, you know, they go back to the merch table, buy some stuff. But even, even if you don't buy stuff, we're going to be back there signing autographs, taking pictures and, and they were there the whole time. Yeah, the, the two bands after him played, they were they're out there taking pictures and greeting everybody that came up. Yeah, even after Buck Cherry, you know, who it was a headline. Buck Cherry was a headliner. It's Buck Cherry tour. Okay. And on the way out, they were still. I saw. I looked over, and they were still at their merch table talking to people. And you know, it it takes that kind of work and time to put into it to to you know they're doing the right thing. So they they deserve you know the highest you know highs that you can get in the uh in this crazy rock and roll uh machine yeah yeah hopefully it keeps picking up for him i know octane has played a lot you know played baptized a yeah lot. yeah and you know i'm sure they they've gotten played throughout you know the regional area so hopefully they continue to that upward climb yes definitely they've, they've done it pretty good pretty quick and for having an album that's only been out like six months now they've you know, been on tour with, like you said, with Trapped and now Buck Cherry, and hopefully it just keeps going upwards from there, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it will. Yeah. And speaking of Buck Cherry, we wanted to talk about them for a few minutes because we're, we've both been big fans of them since they came out in 1999. And big fans. Yes. And wanted to, yeah, mention the fact that it's kind of, you know they're one of those bands that are kind of polarizing because there's still people there's you see people hating on them because and they kind of lump them into that whole radio rock genre yeah which I've never understood ever right like the you know the Nickelbacks and the you know Creeds and Seethers or whatever you know which no offense to any of those if you like them but I mean that's just more you know straight up kind of vanilla radio rock yeah it is whereas buck cherry even though i can understand why they got thrown in there because they had big hits with with crazy bitch and sorry but 
even when you listen to those songs, they sound nothing like yeah. all those other bands' hits, you know? Yeah. I mean, this is this is whiskey-drenched, you know, loud, rude rock and roll. Yeah. I mean, it, it, this is not, you know, this is not fucking Three Days Grace or whatever. Right. I mean, it, and I just don't, I've never understood why people, you know, lump them into that, into that thing. I, I just didn't get it. Um, you know, uh, the, you know, they, they sound and they look like trouble and, you know, yeah. it, it's stuff that pissed your parents off and, you know, I, I just, I wish there was more, you know, just, uh, you know, tattooed fucking, you know, roadhouse, you know, whiskey drinking type kind of shit, you know, <laughs> instead of, you know, I don't know, all this other stuff that is clogged up on the radio and you know so i just have never understood why they are lumped in with that they don't sound anything like any of that crap and uh the only good thing about it is you know they're kind of popular and you know they get radio play and you know they can play big shows uh like the one we saw and they were they were on point i really like their set list they seem to be mixing it up uh, you know, so there, there wasn't, there wasn't, a, I mean, there's a few things I wish they'd play, but, uh, you know, Hey, they can do what they want. Right. Yeah. And that's a good point. Cause I mean, if you go on online and look up their set list, every single show is different. They're yeah. one of those bands that, that it does. I mean, there's the core of, you know, half the set, you know, was always the same with the standard yeah. hits and the, yeah, you've got to do there. your lit up and yeah. your crazy bitch and you know, whatever. But yeah, the the rest of them just rotate in and out. And it would be like, you know, when we saw them the other night, they played Eminent Bell Out and Water, which I'd looked at set list and, you know, they hadn't been on there in a few months, it looked like. Yeah. And so it's just, if you're a big enough fan, stuff like that goes a long way, you know, because we've seen oh, yeah. them now a ton of times and it's never the same. Which never. Which is great. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of bands you can't, that you like that you can't say that about. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the cool thing is, I think it you could tell that they're... You know, even though they've been, well, two of them have been doing it for 16 years, but, mm -hmm. you know, the kind of core of the band's been together for a while, you know, with Stevie D and I'm drawing, drawing a name on blank on the drummer's name, but he's been there quite a while too. Yeah. So, but you can tell they still dig it because Keith Nelson, you know, is kind of that guy where he's just a little more, you know, he's a subdued compared yeah. to a lot of guys he's in a, his position. Yeah, a little bit more stoic. But... Like when they were playing uh, Bring It On Back or Tight Pants or The Madness, one of those new songs. Yeah. He was, I mean, he was running between the drum riser and his, you know, mic, and then yeah. he was doing the Pete Townsend arm swing. It's just <laughs> like he was really, you could tell they're really enjoying yeah. playing this new stuff. And not that he wasn't enjoying the rest, but I'm just saying that since that's not really his style, it's cool to see. Yeah. Still have that energy at that, you know, been around that long now. Yeah. You know? Well, well, you know, it keeps you, it keeps you going and, uh, and it keeps you invigorated when, you know, these guys are doing their new stuff and, uh, they want, they want you as fans to get into it as well. So, right. you know, it's good that they don't just stand there and, uh, uh, you know, I thought the new stuff was received well. I think Bring It On Back, the song, I think that's one of the best things they've ever done. Oh, I'd yeah. put that up against anything. You know, that, that is a great song. I, that's one, I mean, I listened to that record 
start to finish, but I always kind of hit repeat on bring it back a couple times and right. then, you know, get the rest of the record in. It's, it's called rock and roll. It's a great record. Yeah. It's uh that's, yeah, it's another thing I wanted to mention. We kind of touched on it a few episodes ago when it came out. Yeah. And I'd only listened to it, I think once at that point, but now having listened to it several times, it's really, you know, the, I've liked everything they've done, but the last two albums kind of, I didn't dislike them. They just kind of didn't really do much for me as much as the first four did. Yeah. Um, All Night Long and Confessions. You know, they had good tracks, but I just, I didn't go back and listen to them over and over like I did, you know, the first four albums. And this one is kind of back to that, you know, that first group of albums for me where it's like every track is great. Has that, you know... Buck Cherry vibe, you yeah. know, where it's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Like the title of the album is perfect, you know, rock and roll. You know, Definitely right? is. Yeah. As corny as that may sound, it's like, you know, that's all it is, right? <laughs> rock and roll people. Right. Well, is that that all we want to say on this subject right here? I think so. Yeah. Uh, you know, we got this interview with uh, John Oliveris from Sons of Texas coming up, and, uh, you know, we're excited for everybody to hear it. Yeah. So... Thanks again to John for doing this. Check out Sons of Texas on on Facebook and Twitter and online. And like we said earlier, grab that album. It's great. You'll love it if yeah. you love hard rock or metal. It'll knock your block off. <laughs> right. All right. Well, let's get into this interview with John. Cherry Crew is nicest that we've been with so far. I mean, nothing against Trap, but those guys are awesome too. But Buck Cherry's guys are, you know, they, they've been through it. They've been touring forever, and it's just cool, like, learning things from these guys. You know what I mean? The, the guitar techs showing us little things about our guitars and how to make it sound better. Yeah. Shit that we didn't even know. And then uh, they're even helping us out with our life sound. So, well, And cool. then the, the actual band themselves, are they're all class acts. You know what I mean? Uh, we talk to Keith and Stevie every day about guitar stuff. Uh, you see our bassist, Nick hanging out with uh with kelly talking bass and sharing stories and stuff and it's it's a good time man and the crowd's been good yes, like the crowd have you had people come up to you that weren't familiar with you oh yeah every day you? every yeah. day I, I would say maybe 15 to 20 percent is there like to that know about texas you know about sons of texas uh the texas shows obviously there's more people because you know that's where we're from but uh you know all the states that we've been to there's a good amount of people that, that know who we are but the majority of the crowd gets blown away that the opening band is, sounds the way we do you know normally right. the opening bands are kind of softer or not as good whatever but you know we've been doing pretty good at opening the show so yeah well you mentioned uh that just got my attention you said texas uh you're originally called texas right? yeah so like what was the what prompted the, the name change you know uh we never intended for the band to go like worldwide or even national so when we were a local band, we thought that Texas was the perfect word to sum up how we sounded, you know? And um, when it started getting to a point to where we were getting labels interested in us, that was one of the things that all the professionals would tell us, you know, you're going to have to change your band name because you can't market that. You can't sell it. You can't, 
you know, right. it's, and then not only that, there's a band like in Scotland that has that name already copyrighted to them. So <laughs> we were like, fuck, man. So we had we had about a good eight months to think of another name, and we couldn't think of anything. And Sons of Texas came up a couple times, but there was the whole Sons of Anarchy thing, and then there's a motorcycle club called Sons of Texas, and we were like, it might be kind of tricky, but let's see if we can get it to to own it, you know. And you know, we hit up the people that that had the band name copyrighted, and they tried to sell it to us for like twelve grand. <laughs> <laughs> we were able to talk them down, but, you know, they weren't even touring. It was, like, a couple, like, 40-year-old dudes playing country music at the local bar. And they had, like, one shirt for sale, you know, one CD. But they were like, oh, well, you want this? You got to pay for it, you know? So, But uh, we had a lawyer uh, track them down, and we were able to, to own the name after that. So, Sons of Texas. So there's a, there's a band in Scotland called Texas? Yes, oh yes. They're, actually, they're kind of famous. They've, they've really? got a couple gold records over there, yeah. That's nuts. And, uh, and it's, they have like a girl singer. They sound nothing like us, <laughs> but they sound nothing like Texas either. But right. I, mean, I don't even know how they came across that name. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? <laughs> well, how do you, uh, what do you attribute? Because, I mean, you guys have been around several years before your, yeah. your album came out. Uh-huh. But since it came out, you've kind of had a pretty, a quicker rise than a lot of bands do when they put out a debut album yeah so like what do you attribute that uh there's a combination of factors but you know a lot of people we get into a lot of people's ears because of octane radio right uh that youtube and i would say playing the big festivals that we were on um but there's also a lot of bands that are on the radio and play those festivals but don't get as much of a good response as we do i think one of the the like I said, it's a combination of things. One is, is the type of music we play really hits some people close to home. They really feel like it reminds them of what they listened to growing up. A lot of people, you know, say Pantera or, or the early Metallica, which is cool because that's the shit we love too. Yeah. Uh, but it's also, I think it's a big part of the way we are as a band is we hang out with the fans before and after the set. We even exchange numbers. We respond to to uh, people on Facebook, and it's a, it's something that a lot of rock bands seem to think that you shouldn't do in order to stay mysterious from your fans. But I don't, I don't buy into that. I think it's it's developing a personal relationship with your fans is one of the the better things about touring. I think, and it has been for us, you know, because we show up to different towns and states, and people remember us. We remember them. We hang out. We talk. We know about each other's families. Like, how's your how's your you know wife and awesome. kids and stuff. It's just the way it is. You're, you're building a family everywhere, you know? Yeah. That's one of the things that helps us grow and grow as a band, you know, so fast. People yeah, people dig that. I mean, you respond to them on Facebook. Yeah. Because, I mean, a lot of bands, you, they post something, you never see them again. Yeah. yeah you know, 40,000 likes or whatever. Yeah. But, so, I mean, yeah. people, people remember that, you know, this one comment. Right. And, I mean, and we, can't, we can't respond to everybody all the right. time. But, I mean, the fact that we are trying and we are trying to get out there, you know, it used to be easier when we get, like, three or four comments or, like, 10 likes on a status but now you know we, we get a couple hundred and you know 40 50 people are starting to imagine trying to have like 40 50 different conversations at once you know it's kind of right. tough yeah so usually only uh me or jesse responds the rest of the guys you know they, they have other jobs in the band to, to take care of so sometimes we get a little backtracked yeah uh, earlier you were talking about you know pantera and metallica and whatever and that's one thing i thought was cool is how you guys have that heavy, you know, that mean thing going on, but at the same time, you you can do octane and you've got slower stuff, and it right. doesn't doesn't sound corny. Thanks, uh, ha, ha, how you pull? So because I don't know, that's that's like hard to pull off, and it's hard to. Yeah. How do you think you guys did that? I think I think a lot of it has to do with uh, with Mark's vocal tonality. Yeah. Uh, it's cheesy as it sounds. I think uh, 
when when you try to sing a, a, a like a ballad with a high pitched voice, a lot of manly dudes will think it sounds kind of you know it's, it's not really to their liking. But Mark has a way of singing, and he sings in that blues key to where it's like the most common and easiest to to get into kind of music, you know. And I don't know this. We, cause we hate cheesy songs. So if we were to write one, we'd just weed it out real quick. And if we thought it worked, we'd throw it on the album, and hopefully other people think it's cool too. Man, we've had a lot of metalheads come up to us and tell us their favorite song is September, which is one of the yeah, ballads on the album, awesome, which man. is which is pretty cool. So yeah. it's we we need to start playing that one live. Yeah. <laughs> what was the? Uh, I saw that you guys just did a morning show. Yeah. How was that? I mean, it was what a little. Time did you have to get up? <laughs> yeah, they wanted us to be there at like uh, eight a.m. Oh, that's and not too bad. the night before, I mean, we finished these shows about twelve thirty at night. Yeah. So we were about, I think, three hours away. Yeah. So we weren't we weren't about to drive three hours, get there at like four in the morning, and then get a hotel and sleep for two hours. That's true. You know, so we what we ended up doing is we drove out to the to the radio the TV station, and we crashed out for a little while, and they wanted us in there at eight o'clock, and we were all like puffy eyed and you know, getting coffee and stuff, and but we we pulled it off and it was fun. It was a little about out of our element, you know, the bright lights, and yeah. you feel the eyes on you. Even though there's only 10 people in the room, you know it's being broadcast live, so you're playing your songs that you played over and over, like like if you played it for the only once before, you know, like you're feeling like you're going to mess up. Yeah, it was it was cool, and it was good exposure. Uh, they, I think they came to us for that one. I think oh, the, they had set that up on their own. They knew that we were playing that day, and they wanted to reach out, so that was cool. Did you play any of the heavy songs acoustic? Or was um, it just September? Or it was September. We did Baptize Acoustic, and we did Bl- Blame Shift. Blame okay. Shift is one of the heavier ones, but yeah. Jesse and Mark yeah. changed it around to where it sounds it's acoustic style. Because we never liked when bands take a song and just play it on acoustic. I always like when you when they change it up. You know, they sing it differently. It's a different key, different, uh, like, uh, what's it called? Like a time signature or something. Yeah. And that's what we did with Blame Shift. You know, we, we tuned up a little bit on it. Uh... The phrasing of the of the you know the the lyrics is different and it's a different song. It's the same song, but it's different and it's <laughs> it's refreshing. So that's what we like to do. Like who uh, besides Pantera and Metallica, who were some of the big influences on uh, like you personally? Me, uh, I get a, I get a lot of guitar wise. I, I get a lot of groove from uh, like my Seven Dust. I get my my chops from learning Lamb of God songs. Um, and just, you know, a lot of ACDC rhythms, I think, you know, there's just this in the pocket groove, yeah. a lot of space between the riffs. That's that's stuff that I look to when it comes to writing, you know, and uh, aside from the, the Dimebag stuff and Stevie Ray and Billy Gibbons, like those are those are always in the back of my mind. Those come out naturally when I riff, but yeah, when I, when I want to write something that's got more flavor to it, I'll, I'll listen to bands like that, you know, and... It just it really helps with the with the writing process, you know, and it feels natural when I when I play it like that, you know. Yeah, yeah Lamb of God, that would be a workout, wouldn't it? Yes, dear Lord. <laughs> you know, when uh, what was the as the palace as the palaces burn album and Ashes of the Wake, those two albums, man. Like, I, I took those home and I tried to learn every damn song, and by the time I was done, I had like veins in my wrists and my candles all contorted. Up. Yeah. <laughs> nice, yeah. nice. Have you heard the new? Yes, the new Lamb of God? yes, yeah. I've, I've heard that one maybe. All the way through, like at least three times already. Um, well, uh, Josh, is, he did that record. He did our Josh record. Wilbur, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's just anything he does is fucking awesome to me, and it would be awesome if that guy had his own record label. And he just because every every band he works with, like, it's fucking awesome. Like yeah. all the remains is great. He's doing the double, you know. He's doing Trivium, like all that shit's fucking 
Awesome. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So before uh, before Trap, did you guys tour with anybody? No, or was it no, just no. All shows. We did two two week shows? runs. Yeah, it was full of festivals like the you know like the Welcome to Rockville, Carolina Rebellion, Rock Lama, but they were linked by headliner shows. And that show for us was like, I mean, that tour for us was kind of like, you know, throwing us into the mix of getting out there and being on the road. Because before then, we never really toured longer than three days at a time, you know? So for us, it was it was a new awakening. But the Trap Tour was the first uh, direct support, like, tour that we did, where every show was the same bands. Yeah. It was it was a lot of fun. Uh, I think it, it went a lot smoother than most first bands start off. We had a lot of... You know, my dad's a mechanic, so he helped us out with the van. Um, our uh, bassist, Nick, does our finances for the van, and he's very frugal when it comes to a lot of things. You know, when we buy food, no combos. Uh, <laughs> everybody drinks water, and, uh, you know, whenever we're going to get gas, you know, we do it, like, you know, at certain gas stations that have the lowest prices and stuff. So we plan everything out, and we come home with a pretty good chunk of money so that we're, you know, happy in, in those months off. In and that, that'll only keep you on the road later on, you know. That's that's good. That's good yeah, yeah. Yeah. What man? Uh, we don't. There are some things in the works, but nothing's been confirmed as of late. And it's kind of it's getting close to the time where we kind of need to hear something back from somebody. But if not, then we should be okay for the rest of the year, and we can start touring up again probably in late January. I think most of the holidays were, were probably most bands take them off, you know, because they want to be home with their families and stuff. Same goes for us, you know. A lot of birthdays in my family too in the, are in December, so <laughs> it would be nice to be around for those days. Like, uh, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> Do you? I know it's kind of early because the album just came out like in January. It came out in uh, March. Oh, the March? single came out in January. Okay. Yeah. So, so are you are you guys riding on the road or you know uh, stuff? We've written maybe three songs on the road, but we didn't finish them because we did, we had just the acoustic. It's hard to pull out our instruments on the road because everything's Tetris into the trailer. You know what I mean? We got a small little trailer. So if we have two days off, we're not going to unload everything into our friend's house and, like, you know, jam out. But we, we pull out the acoustic guitars and we play a couple chords, like chord progressions. Mark will think of some stuff. And, you know, we, we, we've got, like, two, three songs in the works from, from being on the road. Aside from that, we have a lot of old songs that want we want to rehash. And, you know, after touring, you learn what works with audiences and what doesn't so it kind of helps you write the next group of songs you know what you want to what I would like to accomplish is for people to see us once and to be hooked already yeah. not to where they have to buy the album listen to it for a week and be like you know what I actually do like this band because <laughs> if, if we can get people into our set the first time they see us it's just it's it's a faster growing you know uh, audience for us you know and it's just you know Music's all about expression and just having fun doing it, but it's always more fun when there's more people yeah, right. into what you're doing, you know? Well, uh, okay, let's say once the holidays are over mm -hmm. and you're ready to go back out, yeah. who would you really want to call you? Who would you like to dream? Oh, uh, <laughs> well, there's 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 somebody that I, like, I really, really want for us to call us right now, but the dream for me would probably be Foo Fighters. Yeah. Yeah, and oh, I think that uh, Slipknot, of course, would be awesome. Yeah. Lamb of God would be those those top three would be awesome uh godsmack would be a great tour yeah i've really been wanting to hear from from seven dust i fucking love seven dust yeah. and see their new songs you, awesome yeah, yeah they're good I'm, man if you've seen them live you you oh, know yeah. that those guys have been touring a while and they know what the fuck they're doing 
and uh, that's just one of those bands that I would love to watch every night and to learn from. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I love watching Buck Cherry every night. I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I, I like maybe four or five of their songs. Yeah. And now that I get to see them play like 13, 15 songs a night, I'm becoming a bigger fan. Yeah. So you know, normally uh, like with Trapped, you know, some days you take, you know, you're like, okay, they're playing. I'm gonna hang out in the back, you know. But uh, every time I hear Lit Up when they open the set, I'm like. Okay, I'm gonna fucking go out there. Yeah. Give me a beer, like, and you fuck, you're in the crowd, you know, in the middle, just hell yeah, hanging out, man. It's it's a good show that they put on, man. Well, I think that's what's great about your guys' sound too, is that you can open for a Buck Cherry and then yeah. turn around and open for a Slipknot, dude. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it works both ways and pulls both crowds, you know. So yeah, that's that's one of the things that we aimed for when we were starting the band. We're like, fuck, man, we don't want to be pigeonholed to just doing the underground circuit, or we don't want to be only hitting up either Nickelback and. You know, we we want to be able to fit in with everybody, and no matter who we open for, some of those fans are gonna know who we are. You know, yeah. So that's what that's what we like, man. We, that's one thing that's good about uh, the kind of music that we're doing. I guess our brand that we do. When you mentioned the live pulling in people from mm-hmm. seeing you live, and I mean, both of us had the album before we saw you, but we saw you at Rock, Oklahoma, uh-huh. and we were there all three days. And afterwards, you, you guys were the band I was telling people about. Oh, you, you guys awesome, and Crowbot. I'm like, this, oh, yeah. this yeah. is who you need to fucking hear, right? Crowbot's yeah. <laughs> Crowbot's doing it right, man. They're fucking awesome. Yeah, for sure. Well, not music wise. Are you a Cowboys fan? Is everybody yes. in the band? Everybody. I thought is. I read that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. But I was just gonna ask you, how do you think they're gonna fare without Romo and? You know, I'm hoping Des. that <laughs> I'm hoping that they're gonna figure out some sort of chemistry that they didn't know they had. Uh, because in the last game, you know, we didn't actually score a touchdown. I don't think Romo scored a touchdown at all. It was uh, Bailey that hit the two field right. goals. So it was good that Romo kept us in the game, and we had the possession for most of the game. But, I mean, he didn't score, and we didn't did, you know. So I, if we can keep the short passes going, but, I don't know, all of our stars are gone, man. So yeah. it's not really fair. <laughs> not fair at all. This guy's a Giants fan, so you had to do that. (laughs) It's all good, man. It's all good. We beat him this year, so (laughs) yeah, yeah, I know. know. (laughs) It's all right. It's all right. Y'all got a win last week, right? Yeah, against uh, the Redskins, was it? Yes, Redskins. That was was yeah Thursday night, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah, Beckham tore it up in that game. Well, you got anything? I think that's it. Thanks, man. Hey, thank you guys, man. It's fucking easy to do. You guys are awesome, man. Y'all gonna be in the show? Yeah, Yeah. sweet, man. Right there you have it, our interview with John, one of the guitarists for Sons of Texas. Went pretty good, even you know, outside of the the wind and sound issues. So thanks for bearing with us and checking that out. Definitely. Thanks to uh thanks to John, thanks to Sons of Texas. Uh we're very honored and uh, you know, we're very grateful. Um, you know, thanks to thanks to Brady Theater and to Buck Cherry for putting on a kick ass show. Yes, yes, definitely. And uh Hit us up online at thethunderunderground.com. On Facebook, same thing, The Thunder Underground. Or on SoundCloud, subscribe to us so you don't miss any of these future podcasts. We've got two or three here in the next few weeks with 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 people we're very happy to be bringing oh, to the sure. podcast. We're very excited about it. And we've also got some, pre- if this is the first time you've listened, go back and find some previous episodes with guys from Caroline Spine and King Shifter and driver driver Oklahoma hombres oh yeah kind of all over the place all styles of rock and metal rocket science yes check out any of those that you get a chance to we appreciate it and we appreciate you listening to this and click that share button on whatever you're on 
SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter. We'd appreciate it. And go to another one we didn't mention was Battle Cry. You can go to YouTube and find our our YouTube channel, which is The Thunder Underground, and subscribe to us. And we've got an interview we did with the singer from Battle Cross up there. Check that out. That's pretty cool as well. That was a fun one. Yeah. And if you would like to sponsor our podcast, you can also send us a message and say, Hey, Jason. Hey, Trent. We really like what you do, and we would like to sponsor you. So here's some money. Talk about our products and our business. Definitely. Anyway, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.